Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the October 14th, 2021 meeting of the Upper Marion Township Board of Supervisors. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, the first item of business is roll call, beginning on my far left. Tina Garzillo. Carol Kenny. Bill Genoway. Greg Wax. Greg Phillips. Leanna Klubriel, Township Engineer. Tony Hamaday, Township Manager. Joe McGrory, Solicitor. Okay, under Chairman's comments, the first item I was told was to be brief because the Eagles are playing tonight. Okay, <laughs> Mr. McGrory, our parliamentarian and solicitor, said that with great, great um, enforcement in his voice. A um, couple of quick items under chair comments. First of all, we did have a workshop earlier this evening uh, that included a review of a development plan as well as some um, procedures between the Stormwater Authority and the Board of Supervisors. Um, second item, it was great to see so many residents at the community fair and the fall festival. Uh, enjoying the vendors, activities, music, fireworks, hay rides, corn maze, and I could go on and on, uh, which were fun for kids of all ages. It was refreshing to be able to be outside where we could be somewhat relaxed in good weather and begin to enjoy these types of events again. We look forward to hosting more of them uh, in 2022 as well. Specific thank you to our vendors, to our participants, to our park and rec staff, our public information officer staff, public work staff, and public safety staffs who worked very, very hard to make all of these initiatives successful. The board's extremely happy and proud that we could offer these safe, productive, and enjoyable events. On October the 1st, we had the pleasure of hosting in Upper Marion the fall conference of the Montgomery County Association of Elected Officials. Our sessions included a panel discussion with several reps of the Pennsylvania House and Senate on key issues facing municipalities from the Pennsylvania State Association of Township Supervisors, a representative discussed issues of concern to second-class townships. We received an update on county COVID situation, as well as an open discussion between the County Commerce Department and the Redevelopment Authority, and what they can do for and with local governments. It's been my pleasure to have served as the president of the association for the last two years, and to bring more structure to the conference itself and specifically items of interest to all township officials. Um, with that being said, we're gonna move into items for new business. And the first item is going to be a presentation from Lower Township, excuse me, Lower Providence Township to Upper Marion Fire and EMS regarding Hurricane Ida. And I welcome Chief Lentz from Lower Providence Fire Department. Dr. Genoway, thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name's Jim Lentz, and I have the privilege to serve as Fire Chief in Lower Providence Township. And I'd like to thank uh, Chief Rubin and Chief Genoway and the board for allowing me to present this evening. I assure you I'll get out of here as fast as I possibly can. Um, just to touch base real quick, you may recall on September 1st, uh, 2021, we uh, experienced uh, some pretty heavy rainfall from Hurricane Ida. And uh, like other communities, Lower Providence Township saw floodwaters like we have never seen before. Um, that said, we had uh, some firefighters here from Upper Marion Township play a significant role 
that evening or that, that, that evening, and I'd like to take a couple minutes and recognize them for their work. If Chief Rubin and Chief uh, Rukupo would come forward, please. <clears throat> When I call your name, if you'd please come forward. <clears throat> the Lower Providence Fire Department proudly presents a unit citation. Firefighter Robert Peterson. Engineer Carl Farrell. Firefighter Andrew Carlson. Firefighter Tom Halseel. Firefighter Anthony Triola, and Firefighter Derek Wheeler, who I do not believe is present this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, on the first and second day of September 2021, Lower Providence Township and surrounding communities were pummeled with upwards of eight inches of rainfall from remnants of Hurricane Ida over an eight-hour period. As local and upstream rainfall caused streams and rivers to quickly rise, many bridges Roads became impassable as floodwaters in larger bodies of water surpassed 25 feet, the highest on record. At 9.56 p.m., Lower Providence firefighters, along with Marine Boat 56 from Upper Marion Township, were alerted to a reported water rescue at 1511 Paulings Road, which is just north of Gertrude Avenue. As firefighters made their way down Paulings Road, reports indicated that two subjects were trapped on the roof of an automobile, and the water was quickly rising. For those of you unfamiliar with the area, Paulings Road at Gertrude Avenue is just uh, a few hundred feet short of the Schuylkill River. As Lower Providence firefighters attempted a ground-based rescue, two subjects were located on top of the vehicle screaming for help. Communicating that they were going under, firefighters were forced to retreat due to extremely high and fast waters. Marine Boat 56 arrived soon after and immediately put their boat in service, proceeding towards the trapped persons. Firefighters managed to navigate the rescue boat into position and safely remove the subjects from the roof of the vehicle, transporting them back to the launch area without injury. You should note that there was quite a bit of debris in this water, and at the same time, the current pushed the boat into a position that they did not want it in. Subsequently, they got tangled up, and because they were trained in, in thinking clearly, they were able to manipulate that boat back off of that vehicle and proceed to safety. <clears throat> Without a doubt, the direct and immediate actions of these firefighters saved lives. Operating in extremely fast and turbulent water, loaded with large debris, these firefighters worked as a team without consideration for their own personal safety in order to save lives, acting in the highest traditions of the fire service and no doubt the highest traditions in Upper Marion Township. This unit citation is presented the 14th of October, 2021. Signed, Fire Chief James Lentz.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you, Chief, for taking the time to come out this evening and be with us. And to members of the crew that's walking by as we're shaking our hands, job well done. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. And for those of you at home, just stop and think about it. Uh, Chief Lentz, what time did this occur again in the evening? 9.56, it is raining cats and dogs. You're asked to go to a town that you typically don't spend a lot of time in. Uh, you're, you're going there in the dark and you're asked to go find some people on top of their car and pluck them off the roof and take them to safety. Congratulations, guys. That was one hell of a job. Okay, the next item is uh, to start on our fire awards. And I'm going to start first with Fire Prevention Month. And if uh, Chief Rubin, if you would join me at the podium, we're going to read proclamation. A proclamation proclaiming October 2021 Fire Prevention Month in Upper Marion Township and expressing support for our Fire and EMS Department for their dedicated work for the citizens and visitors of our township. Whereas the Upper Marion Township is committed to ensuring the health, safety, and security of all those living in and visiting our community. And whereas fire is a serious public safety concern, both locally and nationally, and single and multifamily homes are the locations where our citizens and visitors are at greatest risk from fire. And whereas, according to the National Fire Protection Association, Fire departments in the United States responded to 339,500 fires in single and multifamily homes during 2019, which resulted in 2,770 fire fatalities and 12,200 injuries to, I'm fogging up here, to citizens in these home fires. And whereas the NFPA has announced, learn the sounds of fire safety as the theme for fire prevention week, October 3rd to 9th, 2021, NFPA's focus from beeps to chirps, this year's campaign works to better educate the public about the sounds smoke alarms make, what those sounds mean, and how to proceed and respond to them. And whereas the key messages that Upper Marion Township Fire and EMS Department members want to give our citizens are, when a smoke alarm or carbon monoxide alarm sounds, respond immediately by exiting the home as quickly as possible. If your alarm begins to chirp, it may mean the batteries are running low and need to be replaced. If the alarm continues to chirp after the batteries are replaced or the alarm is more than 10 years old, it is time to replace the alarm. Test all smoke and CO alarms monthly. Press the test button to make sure that the alarm is working. If there is someone in your household who is deaf or hard of hearing, install bed shaker and strobe light alarms that will alert that person to fire. And Know the difference between the uh, sound of a smoke alarm and a carbon monoxide alarm. Three beeps for smoke alarms, four beeps for carbon monoxide alarms. And whereas to assure our families are better safeguarded from fire and every resident in Upper Marion Township should install and maintain smoke alarms in every sleeping area, outside each separate sleeping area, and on every level of the home, which cuts the risk of dying in a home fire in half. And whereas all members of Upper Marion Township Fire and EMS Department are dedicated 
to reducing the occurrences of home fires and home fire injuries through providing community-based fire prevention education and intervention. And whereas our residents are asked to be responsive to public education measures and should take personal steps to increase their safety from fire, especially in their homes, and as we celebrate the 2021 Fire Prevention Month throughout the township, we urge all the citizens and visitors to participate in the many fire prevention activities and efforts provided by our organization. Be it resolved by the Board of Supervisors of Upper Marion Township, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, this 14th day of October, 2021. Chief, thank you for the work of the men and ladies of Upper Marion Township's Fire and EMS. And two quick things before I, I turn this over. Each year, our three volunteer fire companies submit to the Firemen's Association of the State of Pennsylvania a comprehensive review of what they did for fire prevention activities. And back uh, in September at the State Fire Convention, uh, it was my pleasure to receive awards for all three fire companies for their contribution to fire prevention in Upper Marion Township. Statewide, 2,570 some fire departments and Upper Marion Township had three of the top eight awards. All done by volunteers, all done to protect the citizens of Upper Marion Township. And I don't think there's a better way that we can actually show our, our good success here than by the results uh, that we aren't typical of what happens around the country. Uh, so Chief. Thank you so much. Let me just point out that in 1871, quite a while ago, was the Great Fire of Chicago. That's the reason why we celebrate Fire Prevention Week today. America said, let that not ever happen again to any one of our cities. Last night, if you didn't get a chance, it was an amazing night at the giant food store. Our Swedesburg Fire Department hosted a, a gala, if you will, for fire prevention. We were nervous, at least I was nervous, because of COVID and bringing it back, how would we do? It was absolutely amazing. Chief Recupido, all of the members of his fire company deserves our appreciation and applause. <laughs> the other point, if you'll allow, that I'd like to make is that we work pretty hard to install smoke alarms in the community. This Saturday, we'll be in the King of Prussia area. Last month, we happened to be in Sweden Next month, it'll be Swedesburg. Each year, we dedicate a weekend day, a Saturday, to go out and at no cost to the citizens, install a smoke alarm. It is a device that we know that can save lives. Of the number of lives, roughly 4,000 that are lost each and every year, NFPA has documented it could be cut overnight in half with a simple $30 device. It needs to be installed properly, it needs to be functioning correctly, and it needs to be tested regularly. So with that said, we're excited about being in King of Prussia this Saturday, as in a couple of days from now. Hopefully we'll be able to install several hundred smoke alarms as we have with each of our events. Thank you. If you're telling me I can do that, we'll get it started. We've got a great night. I'd ask for Chief Recupido to please come forward, as well as our Deputy Fire Marshals, if you will. Um, and I'm ready to go or no? Each year, I don't think we're, we're ready yet quite. Each year we take time out to acknowledge 
the tremendous efforts of our volunteer firefighters. They do incredible work, and you've already heard under some very extreme and difficult conditions. We like to take time to acknowledge their years of service, but what we'd like to do is to simply take a moment and acknowledge all of their incredible work, whether they're receiving an award tonight or whether they're hanging on the side of a fire truck or working in the back of an ambulance to protect someone who they'll probably never get a chance to meet in a social setting. They don't know in other words, and they simply do good work because they are very, very good people. I'd like to start off with a five-year service pin. It looks like we're ready. And as I call your name, if you don't mind, please come forward. What we'll ask everyone to do is at the end of the presentation to maybe make a round of applause once we're completed uh, with the number of folks. But I'd ask Dennis Brady, if he's here, to please come forward for five incredible years of service. Brian Butler is next on our list from King of Prussia. First gentleman was from Sweden, how dare I forget. Brian Butler from King of Prussia. John Kelly, recipient of a five-year pin, King of Prussia. Dennis Noonan Jr., if you'd start up this way, I believe I saw you. He has a five-year service with the King of Prussia Volunteer Fire Company. Please shake the hands and come up front and get your pins. Dalton Otley, if you're in the room, please come forward. He is from Swedesburg Fire Company. Brandon Pearson, uh, Brandon is from Swedesburg. Uh, Alex Tornetta, is Alex in the house? I saw him on a couple of calls today. There he is uh, from King of Prussia. Again, five incredible years of service with our organization. And Alex Valerie from King of Prussia, if you're here, please step forward. Thanks to each and every one for a great five years with the department. I'd like to next talk about our 10-year members. Michael D. Stefano Jr. is a 10-year member from the Swedland Fire Company. Uh, uh, Diane Kellish, King of Prussia, if she's here. Anthony Mulchini has finished 10 years with King of Prussia. And Nick Sturtz from Swedesburg. Nick here? Nope. And again, our volunteer members have so many other responsibilities. I'm not surprised a few are missing. They do so many other community service things along with staffing fire trucks and ambulances and heavy rescues. 15 year members really starting to see some great people on these lists year after year, continuing to provide incredible service to this community. Vince DeSano, King of Prussia, 15 years. William Eller, he also has 15 years King of Prussia. Stacy Gertson, is she here? 15 years, Sweden. Tim McMinn, 15 years, Sweden Volunteer Fire Company. Freda Sherlock, King of Prussia, if you're in the house, please come up for your award. Robert Small, 15 years with King of Prussia. Kathy Van Horn, 15 years. With that said, we're gonna to move to our 20 years. Mary Lou Butler from King of Prussia, as receiving her 20-year pin, which is a very long time and a lot of hard work between here and there, along with Clarissa Fulham, King of Prussia. If she's here, please come forward. Scott Lafredo, I've seen him in the audience, I believe. He has 20 years of service along with the other members. Judy Minano, if she's here, please come forward. Andrew Malinsky and Teresa Nickler, uh, King of Prussia and Swedesburg in reverse. All just great people doing great service for this community. Uh, the 25 year member is Kathy O'Donnell. Um, I think she's from King of Prussia. Yes, good. 
So I got that one right. Thank you again for being here. Tremendous 25-year service. 30-year service, Eden Butcher from King of Prussia, Debbie Ryle from King of Prussia, and Sue Zimblinski, hope I got that close, from King of Prussia as well, with 30 years of dedicated service to this community. Kevin Haney has finished 35 years of service with Swedeland. I'm not sure if he's here, but if he is, please step forward. And next is Dr. Genoway from King of Prussia, celebrating his 40th year of service with the organization, along with Carl Shevik. If Mr. Shevik is here, please step forward for his 40-year pin. Ben Bouchard from King of Prussia is celebrating 45 years with our organization, along with David Cromarda, King of Prussia, both. Royce, I think Royce Keenan is here. If you would step forward, 45 years of incredible dedicated service. I think he's here, yeah, here he comes. And Gary Touchton, I was told to make sure that I mentioned that he was missed during the COVID years. I'm not sure he's here, he may be in his vacation home, but he actually, I think, has 47 or 48 years. We were gonna get that verified. When you think about all of the years of service to these members, it is 715 years of service, dedicated service to Upper Marion Township, has volunteer members. That's absolutely incredible. I'd actually ask for a standing round of applause if you don't mind for the incredible men and women. Thank you so much. If you'd care to shake hands of our, with our Board of Supervisors, that would be great. I don't know if you can get through there, maybe you can't, but uh, again, I know how much they appreciate everything that you do for this community. Chief, can I say a few words? No, Don's gonna want us to take a picture, and then please do the black heel over the Am I gonna get in trouble for that? Thanks. Thank you, thank you, Chief. Board of Supervisors members, if I can, I would like to ask Daryl Bakke to come forward and any of his family members. 
We're going to present the Mary Baki Emergency Medical Services Responder of the Year, which is a pretty high level award of all the recipients you saw tonight. The next two have distinguished themselves just a little bit more than all the other tremendous, tremendous men and women that you've had a chance to chat with. The Mary Baki Emergency Medical Service Responder of the Year Award was instituted in 2013. The award is presented by Upper Marion Township Supervisors to a member of the Upper Marion Township Fire and Emergency Medical Services Department for outstanding medical care. With that said, I'm gonna read a little bit about the recipient. We can do a drum roll and then I'll announce the name, although it's probably up on the board, uh, I think, maybe. Nope, good. With that said, if you were to look up positivity, perseverance, accountability, and loyalty to a team, you would find Stephen Lewinson in the dictionary. It would be his face, without a doubt, in that definition. Stephen has been serving our community in Upper Marion Township since the inception of our emergency medical services in 2019. Prior to the creation of Upper Marion Fire and Emergency Medical Services, Stephen has served in various communities as a paramedic for over 22 years and has nearly 37 total years of service in the emergency medical field. Additionally, he is sought after and serves as a student preceptor. In other words, when young men and women are preparing to become a paramedic, which is very, very, very stressful and takes a lot of trouble, time and effort, he's the person that helps him get to that final attainment by actually doing the field work. And he's also an emergency medical services educator. Over the past several years, emergency medicine has faced so many unknowns. Stephen has constantly demonstrated a can-do attitude and will find a way to solve any problem that confronts him. He's a trusted member of our team and always supportive to his peers. Nobody deserves more than Stephen to win the 2019, I'm sorry, 2020, 2021 rather, Mary Baki Emergency Medical Services Award of the Year. <laughs> Stephen, if you would come up and you can bring your family. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm very humbled to be up here. Um, there's a lot of deserving um, EMS providers in our organization that should be up here too as well, along with me. Um, I'm just lost for words. Uh, the township has been very good to me when I was out injured on duty. And I just wanna thank the, the township, thank the police department and the entire fire department for Upper Marion for being by my side and helping my family through uh, some some uh, some bad times when I was out for the past year. Um, again, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Thank you for this award. I appreciate it very very much. Thank you.
I wonder if Mr. Bernie Gutkowski Jr. would please come forward and assist us. As he's stepping forward, talk about a man that has delivered tremendous service to this community. Uh, I think he is the longest serving member of any of our fire companies, and we could not do it without having Bernie along. So thank you. Don't make me that old. No, well, you're not that old, but we really, really appreciate the great legacy. The Bernard S. Gutkowski Sr. Firefighter of the Year Award was instituted back in 1966. This award presented by Upper Marion Township Supervisors to a member of Upper Marion Township Volunteer Fire and Emergency Medical Services for outstanding service. The 2021 recipient is one of my favorites. Carl Farrell is a lifelong resident of Upper Marion Township. He grew up in the village of Swedesburg. Carl joined the Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company in 1987, and he played a critical role in the celebration of the fire company's 50th anniversary in 1991. For a few years after, Carl took a break from the fire service and concentrated on raising his family and with his career. Carl's service to this community did not end with the fire service though. Carl is employed by the township's public works department in the collections division. A few years back, Carl made his return to our fire service. Brendan, his son, encouraged Carl to make his return, and since that day, Carl has stepped back into the engine room floor. He has never looked back. Carl always makes sure the apparatus is clean, that it's ready for service, that the engine room is clean and presentable, and the equipment is always ready to serve. In a short time back, Carl has completed his emergency medical technician's training, which is 160 hours of grueling training. I promise, I, I know that well. He's also a water rescue technician, and as evidence of that, you saw another township, Lower Providence, make a presentation to him just a while ago. He has ice rescue certifications behind him, along with advanced line systems and swift water training. He's a boat operator. He can also train our boat operators. And lastly, he challenged and is certified as a Pennsylvania Firefighter One. Carl is always the first member to sign up for the township stipend program and is at the top of the responder roles at Swedesburg. In 2020, Carl made 80% of all the fire calls that Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company responded to. Besides firefighting, Carl spends time with his family and his pets, and he also is an avid motorcycle rider. He told me one time, ride to live, live to ride, so I think it must be Harley Davidson. And he's also a member of the local VFW Riders Charity Club. Please, if we can, have a resounding round of applause. Thank you very much. Uh, I just owe this all to my son. He, he won't be back, so thank you. <laughs> Carl?
Bernie, if you could hang, Bernie, can you hang for a second? Uh, Chief, thank you so much for all of that uh, commentary on all of the members who have volunteered their time here for, for Upper Marion Township. Uh, people say that volunteerism is dead. Not in this room tonight, clearly not. Um, <clears throat> I asked Bernie to stay here because the award is named for his father. And Bernie, there are a lot of people here who don't know some of the history of why this is named for your father or some of the things that you and Walt and your family um, contributed over the years um, and, and why it makes it significant. Would you mind making just a couple of comments? Well, my dad was one of the founding members of the Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company, of which I am proud to be of. My mother, she was with the Ladies Auxiliary. My brother, Walter, I can't forget my brother Thaddeus, too. He was, he was a member. He was an engineer at the fire company. And my brother, Walter, served 20 years as a fire chief for the Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company. Uh, it makes it significant because it brings back memories from my childhood of how we started. And I, I'm looking over there at Tony, and Tony was a Swedesburg boy. You can't forget that, Tony. We'd come up, hit, fire whistle would blow, and he'd run up to see where we were going. So it's very significant, and I'm proud to be, still am, and hope to be, many years down the road, a member of Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company. It just showed these guys here, the water rescue team at a Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company, the training they put in, the hours they put in. And Chief Recupero, I'm proud to say, you're Chief of Swedesburg Volunteer Fire Company. Thank you. And, and Bernie, if I remember the stories that I was told, admittedly I've only been around 40 years, but if some of the stories, your, your parents actually had the fire whistle in yeah. the funeral home, and yeah. the funeral home is celebrating its 80th anniversary this year? You can tell I did some research. I'm, look, I'm thinking. <laughs> 42 to, yeah, 80 years. 80 years, okay. So could I ask my fellow board members uh, to allow for an additional item on the agenda tonight regarding the Gikowski family? I'll, I'll make, make a motion. Yeah, go ahead. I'll make that motion. So we have a motion by Mrs. Kenny. I'll second that. By Mr. Phillips uh, to add an agenda item. And Bernie, what, what we've decided to do uh, to recognize your family and the contribution that they have made to Swedesburg uh, is to obtain a bench and memorialize the bench in the name of the Gakowski family for recognition to your family service to the community. And it will be placed in Swedesburg Park. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I know my parents would be very proud. And we're proud to be members of Upper Marion Township. Thank you. Yes. 
board members, the folks who weren't here tonight will receive their awards through their chiefs. What a great night for our fire and rescue service. And if you don't mind, one last round of applause. The members who weren't here will receive their awards through their volunteer fire chiefs and fire companies, hopefully at a meeting and get them some acknowledgement for the great work that they do. With that, we'd like to end our presentation and just take a minute to escape because the football game's on. Thank you, sir. Okay, at this time, uh, I would like to ask for the board to approve an additional item on the agenda regarding acknowledgement of National Police Weekend. So moved. Second. Motion by Mr. Wax and seconded by Mr. Phillips to add that additional agenda item. Mr. Wax, would you mind reading the proclamation and presenting it to Chief Nolan? It'd be my pleasure, Chief, if you could meet me. Proclamation, National Police Weekend. Whereas Congress and the President of the United States have designated May 15 as Police Officers Memorial Day and the week in which May 15 falls as National Police Week. And whereas the COVID-19 pandemic has caused the National Police Week observances to be delayed until October 13 through October 17, 2021. And Whereas the members of the Upper Marion Township Police Department play an essential role in safeguarding the rights and freedoms of the residents of Upper Marion Township. And whereas it is important that all residents know and understand the duties, responsibilities, hazards, and sacrifices of their law enforcement agency, and that our members of our law enforcement, law enforcement agency recognize their duty to serve the residents by safeguarding life and property, by protecting them against violence and disorder, and by protecting the innocent against deception and the weak against oppression, and whereas the men and women of the Upper Marion Township Police Department unceasingly provide a vital public service. Now, therefore, the Board of Supervisors calls upon all citizens of Upper Marion Township and upon all, all patriotic civic and educational organizations to observe the weekend of October 13 to 17, 2021, as Police Weekend 2021 with appropriate ceremonies and observances in which all of our people may join in commemorating law enforcement officers past and present who, by their faithful and loyal devotion to their responsibilities, 
have rendered a dedicated service to their communities and, in so doing, have established for themselves an enviable and enduring reputation for preserving the rights of all citizens. Proclaim this 14th day of October 2021 by the Board of Supervisors of Upper Marion Township. Chief. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank the board for, for this proclamation and for, for recognizing the great work of the men and women of the Upper Marion Township Police Department. Uh, th this work that they perform every shift, day and night. Their professionalism, compassion, and dedication to duty is second to none. Uh, they are truly the best of the best and, and we should be proud and honored to have them in this community. I'd also like to thank you for recognizing uh, 2021 Police Weekend, which as the proclamation states was postponed because of the COVID pandemic and it is occurring now. Actually tonight in Washington DC is the candlelight vigil to honor the fallen law enforcement officers. Earlier this week, two members of our police department rode their bicycles, started out from Philadelphia and rode all the way to Washington DC to the memorial. Uh, I'm happy to report that they sent a picture. They were both standing and smiling. So that was, that was a good sign. I don't know how they'll feel tomorrow, but uh, it was a great accomplishment by, of, by them to honor the, their fallen brothers and sisters in law enforcement. Uh, and it's important to note who they are. It's Sergeant Blaine Lease, who's a volunteer firefighter in Lower Marine Township, and Detective Bob Small, who's a volunteer firefighter right here serving for King of Prussia Volunteer Fire Company. So if I could have a round of applause for both of them for what they did. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. I did not mention uh, in my earlier comments anything about National Night Out. I was saving them for, for comment here, but I thought that the team did a great job on National Night Out. The public was out. They got to see all the different uh, equipment, devices, personnel, tools, and so on that are used by all of our public safety agencies, and we had great partners there uh, as well. And that National Night Out is just another great example of our our outreach to the community in Upper Marion Township. So thank you for that as well. And please send our thanks to the, to the team. Okay, thank you. Uh, that takes us to the next item, which is the announcement of the Hometown Hero Program. So I guess it's been about six months ago that uh, we started to look at an opportunity to do a Hometown Hero Program uh, here in Upper Marion. And I'm sure if you drove through Norristown, if you drove through uh, Bridgeport, uh, and there are a whole variety of towns. I, I've seen them in Lansdale, like Quakertown. Uh, they, they have these uh, flags, for lack of a better term, that are attached to different poles, and they recognize a member of our armed forces. And the idea here is, is to acknowledge those of our community who served and protected this country. And we looked at how these programs are run in other communities. We had other groups at the same time we were researching it, unbeknownst to us, there were a couple other groups looking at it. And we've now brought together a team and some guidelines to start to formalize this. So tonight is the actual announcement of the initiation of the program. And uh, over the next 30 days by, uh, by Veterans Day, we will have a plan in place for starting this. Um, Mr. Hamaday, I don't know how much we want to go into detail on this, but um, 
any of your thoughts? You've been working diligently trying to package this. Yes, and I think that there is something that's going to be wonderful, provide a great uh, civic uh, uh, service, uh, acknowledge our, our veterans. Uh, I know that we've established a group of individuals to work out all the details because there's such a broad range of opportunity to, to honor our veterans. I think over the next uh, week, we'll have all those details ironed out because a lot of company, uh, a lot of municipalities, cities, et cetera, do things a little differently. We uh, are somewhat limited because the township, while we own streetlights, we don't own streetlights on some major roadways, as you'll see going through Narstown, Bridgeport, Lower Providence, Royersford. So we are gonna really have a, a limitation on where we can display these, and it'll be on our township properties. Uh, the township municipal building, Hoyser Park, Norview Farms, and the community center. So we really wanna make sure that we have enough uh, polls to accommodate what we hope will be a tremendous program. So uh, I don't want to go too far into it because we still have some details to work out. Right. Essentially, we cannot put these flags on PICO polls. Correct. So we are restricted to polls that we own. We have identified 70. Right now, at 73. least 70 high visibility polls. 70, high, yeah, high visibility polls. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the, if you've seen the flags elsewhere, you know that they are approximately two feet by four feet. Um, has a picture of the, your, your family member, uh, where they served, how they served, et cetera. And they're great tributes, they really are. And this allows the family or a, a close friend that wants to obtain one of these for that member, they would uh, provide the funding for it, and then we hang them up for a period of time, and at the end of that time, they get the flag back. Correct. Um, typical of, of other programs that are used in other communities. Uh, but essentially, and I'll read the, what the program's about, uh, the Upper Marion Township Hometown Hero Program provides the opportunity for the community to recognize and honor those men and women with a connection to Upper Marion Township who have valiantly served or are serving in the United States Armed Forces. The Hometown Hero banner will be displayed on light poles on township-owned property and will contribute to the township's quality of life while promoting civic pride. In order to allow for a coordinated and consistent program, the township's established and then it goes into a series of, of the policies. Um, we've identified uh, a starting point of uh, five people to serve on the committee, um, and that would be uh, Jerry Vitimo is going to be our staff person that will be working on it. Uh, Greg Phillips will be our supervisor liaison to this, and we have three um, individuals from the public. Uh, Bobby Whitmore, who brought this idea to me uh, originally. Paul Salome, who had this idea going on simultaneously. Uh, and Paul's here with us tonight. And Jason Jones, um, who also has interest in this particular program. Um, so with that, and I don't know if uh, Mr. Phillips, would you like to make any comments about it? Yeah, I just think this is a wonderful, wonderful program for us to be able to honor our veterans and our, our people who are currently serving. Um, and it keeps the visibility of our armed forces in front of the population. Uh, sadly, only 1% or less actually serve the nation in this way. Um, and so this is an opportunity for us to, to at least acknowledge them, acknowledge the valor, acknowledge their service and their sacrifice on behalf of everyone. Uh, and I think this is a great program. I'm glad uh, Mr. Salome and I had a number of conversations, and it looks like we were on parallel tracks with some other groups. So that this is really going to be a great program. And thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Paul, any comments? You're good? Okay. Any comments, questions from the public? 
Okay, in that case, look for more on this, and uh, our intent is to have this ready to go by Veterans Day. Uh, that takes us to the next item, which is the consent agenda. And it is uh, not that long tonight. First item, a financial escrow security release number four on Kraft Custom Homes, 383 Anderson Road subdivision. This is to approve the release request number four to Kraft Custom Homes for $27,975 for completion of required public improvements to date as part of the subdivision plan. And these were approved by Township Engineer. Number two, accept the resignation of Mahoum Mahmoud, student member of the Park and Recreation Board. Number three, financial escrow security release number nine for 900 River Road, and that is for the amount of $832,294 for completion of the required site improvements as part of the warehouse development project and as recommended by the township engineer. Item number four, escrow release, and this is for number, uh, this is for Horizon Drive Group LP, 3700 Horizon Drive, and that is for $496,253 for completion of the required site improvements to date as part of their expansion project as recommended by the township engineer. The Crow Creek Trail Project substantial completion date extension, approval of a contract substantial completion date extension to October 28, 2021, as requested by James Kenney Excavating and Paving. This is to material delivery delays, as well as trail damage repairs caused by Hurricane Ida. Item six, Crow Creek Trail Project, contract payment number 11, $128,182.50 to Kenney Excavating, work done to date on the Crow Creek Trail project. Authorization, number seven, authorization of 2021 operating budget transfers for park and recreation um, in the amount of $4,550 from park and recreation budget line 01450-3730 building maintenance to 01450-3185 waste removal. And number eight, authorization of 2021 supplemental budget appropriations park and rec Authorization of the following 2021 supplemental budget appropriation due to unanticipated revenue and expenses as follow. Uh, the first item, day camp revenue increased to $207,260. Item two, day camp programs expense increased to $52,775. Next item, instructor class revenue increased to $132,712. And the next item, instructor class program expense increased to 287, 287,000. Special events revenue increased to $9,214, and special events program expense increased to $14,000. Mr. Hamaday, these are essentially a wash, as I... Uh, for, for the most part, for the most part. Um, wherever we have a, a, a revenue, we've had an expense to generate that revenue. To the items, and you'll see the discrepancy, Revenue 132 uh, to seven, uh, $700, $700.12, but there's a much higher uh, program expense. Um, but that was already built in. There was already an expense associated with that. Uh, so that you'll see a discrepancy, but there was already a cost of, to run that program. Yeah. And, and my point of the question is we didn't incur any additional expenses no, as no, a result of this. No. Okay. Uh, item number nine, resolution 2021-26. Pennsylvania Department of Education e-signature authorization. This is for Laura Arnold, our Township Library Director, to sign all contracts with the Department of Education. And this is to provide for resources that can be used in our library. Resolution 2021-27, request for a multimodal transportation fund grant 
from the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation in the amount of $1 million to be used for the Brownlee Road Bridge Replacement Project. It's the pleasure of the consent agenda. I'll move to approve the consent agenda. And I'll second. Motion by Vice Chair Kenny, seconded by Supervisor Garzillo uh, to approve the consent agenda. Are there any questions or comments on the consent agenda? from the board. Mr. Wax. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I just want to take a moment to mention that I did happen to walk the Crow Creek Trail this afternoon. The trail is essentially paved completely. Uh, there is a bridge that does need to be put in place all the way down near the railroad tracks, but the trail is beautiful. I really want to encourage people who've had, who have not had the opportunity to check it out to do just that. And there happened to be people walking, other people walking each and every single segment of the trail when I was on it. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Anything else from members of the board? Anything from the public on the consent agenda? In that case, all in favor of the consent agenda say aye. 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 Opposed? We'll pass five to zero. Um, that takes us to item G, resolution 2021-22, preliminary and final development plan, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank at 677 West DeKalb, and this is consideration of a preliminary and final land development plan for J.M. Real Estate Holdings prepared by Core States Group dated March 2nd, last revised June 30th of this year, for demolition of an existing 19,820 square foot building and construction of a new bank, commercial building, and associated site improvements. Mr. Hamaday. Thank you, Mr. General. We have representatives from Core States here tonight. The board has seen this plan uh, several times. Uh, it is basically uh, the demolition of the existing uh, uh, multi-story building. Uh, on DeKalb Pike and the uh, construction of a new Chase, one-story Chase Bank, as well as a 2,600-square-foot, uh, at this point, unnamed retail space. Uh, there were some uh, questions and concerns that this board had with regard to the layout of the development, um, and Chase, uh, or Core States, has gone back and revised some plans. As you recall, um, uh, the issues revolve around circulation within the development, not only that, but the, 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 the density of the development uh, as well as stormwater. At this point, it looks like uh, Chase has uh, revised the plans and has made the necessary corrections. I think at, uh, at this point, there are three waivers still being requested. Uh, and I'll go over those waivers, and I think that they explain those, but I'll ask them to come up if there's any questions for the board. Uh, and those waivers are with regard to stormwater, allowing stormwater to be stored in voids around the, uh, what we'll call the encapsulated stone basin. Uh, there's also a, a waiver to allow stormwater be st uh, that above the frost line to be used in the calculation, stormwater storage above the frost line to be used in a calculation for detention, and then street trees. Uh, due to the utilities on uh, 202, they can install the street trees, so they will put them in other locations on the site. Uh, the fire marshal has reviewed this. Uh, of course, it has addressed all the issues. There is still one extend, outstanding issue. The fire marshal still has concerns with regard to the stacking or the queuing lane with regard to the uh, ATM. Um, so uh, with that, I'll turn it over to core states uh, to uh, provide any additional information uh, on what they've done and then take any questions from the board. Uh, at this point, it does appear, though, uh, uh, and I'll ask them specifically to address the, the fire marshal's uh, remaining concern, uh, but it is uh, uh, before you tonight for action. Now, with that. 
Hi, good evening, Mr. Chairperson, members of the board. My name is Aaron Bodenchatz with Core States Group, uh, engineer for the project. So I believe the question was regarding the uh, concern of the stacking that is provided on the site as said by the fire marshal. Is that correct? Yes. So um, we, in my professional opinion, we believe that the amount of stacking spaces provided for the standalone ATM is sufficient for that use. We have uh, ample room for three vehicles to be located in that area. Uh, adjacent to the um, ATM uh, stacking area, there's a two-way drive aisle that is 24 feet wide, which has uh, plenty of room for uh, fire apparatus to maneuver around um, in the case that all three of those stacking spaces are uh, encumbered by a vehicle. And then that's, at this point, that is the most, the only really outstanding comment. I believe that they've indicated that, or have complied with all the engineering reviews and traffic reviews. Uh, they are in the process of obtaining uh, the PennDOT HOP for the work that PennDOT will require them and their uh, modifications to the exit drive uh, on 202. But to be clear, they're still asking for three waivers, correct? They're still asking for three waivers, yes. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll make a couple of comments first. I haven't liked this plan from day one. Um, I don't like the idea of two buildings on this site. Um, I don't like the idea of additional commercial structures when we have a dearth of vacant properties in the township. I think it's just going to contribute to that. Um, I think that even though traffic engineers do a great job with using numbers and design elements and templates, to figure out how vehicles move in practicality, they don't. Um, they move the way they want to move, the way drivers want to drive. Um, I went to the two banks in Upper Marion that I use. Uh, I went to the kiosk area for both of them, and this was just yesterday. One had five cars in line, the other one had three cars in line. The one that had three cars in line was impeding traffic going into the other one. So. I guess that my whole concern here from day one was your design, and I don't know why you just didn't do a drive-through kiosk closer to the bank, and you know, accept the fact that this is a relatively small parcel, and um, and if you wanted to put it some other retail, put it onto that building. It's just this just doesn't sit well with me at all. I'm still suspect. Uh, I know our engineers have looked at it. I'm still suspect on the placing of the stormwater and voids. And for that reason, I'm not going to um, um, accept this plan because I'm not in favor of the, the variances or waivers that are being asked for. Uh, I, I, you know, Mr. Hamaday um, made the comment that uh, you all have um, gone back, taken the comments, and changed the design. Uh, I will tell you from my standpoint, I'm not exactly sure exactly what you changed. There is still uh, 10 pounds that you're stuffing in the five, a five pound bag. 
I don't like the circulation. You refuse to move the ATM and, and put it in a place where that would be reasonable. Um, so like Mr. Chairman, uh, I will not be voting in favor of this application. I, and I think the waivers are um, just something that I can't, can't live with. Yeah, I would add, I, I understand the, the frost line issue, um, I guess, is of concern here because that area with the sinkholes we've had just presents too much of potential risk in my eyes um, for, for giving waivers for uh, certain types of, of what I'll call options on how to deal with stormwater. Um, so anyway, any, anything else from members of the board? Mrs. Kenny or Mr. Wax? Yeah, just really quickly. Um, like my fellow supervisors have said, I have no desire to grant the waiver, so my vote is not going to be any different from theirs. Um, I suspect that after a vote tonight, we might see a, a different plan, maybe a slightly better plan uh, in a few months. Uh, we will see. Um, I guess we will find out sooner or later. Yeah. I have similar feelings about trying to put too much into too small an area. Um, if there were uh, the stormwater, the stormwater concerns me greatly. The fact that it's going to be in the voids, um, in an area where we are plagued with um, with sinkholes, that to me is is the single biggest problem with with this. And with asking for a waiver for that in particular that really goes against everything that I think we are trying as a township to work towards to improve our stormwater, um, to improve the ability to um, control our stormwater better, and to prevent sinkholes from forming. That's been an enormous problem in many areas, especially in this area of the township. Um, I'd have less problem with a waiver for the street trees to move them into a different place on site. That I would not have a problem with. But I also worry about the fact that there's just too much trying to be stuffed into a small area. Ms. Grizzell? I'm going to concur with my colleagues that um, I think that the frustration with us has been with all our recommendations, uh, you go back to the drawing table and you come back and we see basically the same thing over and over. So I don't think there has, a, has been any concession with trying to work with what um, what you had there, and uh, and I'll agree on a couple points. Of I never, I never liked the two buildings on the property, so that wasn't logical to me. And of course, the stormwater management issues um, that in that area specifically, we just know it's prone to problems with the sinkholes. And um, you may meet standards, but when conditions are varied and there's other extenuating circumstances, et cetera, that has to be taken into consideration that um, there just has continually, continuously been problems over there. So I won't be in favor of... Um... Okay, thanks. My final comment is the current building that's on that property has had a bank, I think, since I moved here 40 years ago. Um, there's never been a queuing problem with the way that was designed. and that. That drive-up area is physically part of that bank building, and that bank building was there, and it had another occupancy right next to it. I believe it was McAllister's Real Estate. It was on the same floor. So I, I, 
I, I don't quite get your reasoning here, but to Mrs. Corzillo's point, we recommended several times go back and do something about that kiosk. You've not really done anything with it since day one. Our fire marshal has told you to do something about it, and you haven't done anything about it. So I, I think that uh, you, you, if you want to do this project, you're going to need to rethink this um, and come back to us with a little better plan. Um, but is there any public comment on this? Seeing and hearing none. Uh, I'll make a comment on behalf of the applicant. Sure. Go ahead. Thank you. So the applicant, as you all know, has been in and front of And you are? I'm David Falcone with Saul Ewing, uh, attorney for the property owner here, uh, JM Real Estate Holdings. So we have been through this process with Upper Marion for many months, uh, and we have been revising the plan. So uh, we do take exception to the, to the comments that we haven't been responsive. And frankly, we are down to three waivers, uh, one of which is a location issue with respect to street tree plantings, which we cannot um, do anything about due to the location of utility wires, but um, at a previous meeting in front of this board, we were told to make sure we got those trees on this site, which we've done. So it's a location and not a numbers waiver. Um, the other two waivers deal with existing conditions on this site, and it has been obviously a strong focus of this applicant and this property owner to develop this site and to perform stormwater management on this site in excess of your township's code, which they've done. The waivers they are asking for are not a result of the design of this project, because again, they've over-designed the stormwater, but they are a result of the existing conditions here, the very conditions that you speak of, and existing utility lines that run through this site. They are designing around existing conditions. So the waivers they are seeking are a result of an existing hardship, and that will be a part of our appeal of this denial, that these are permitted waivers. So when you deny this plan, you're denying it based on three waivers, two of which are well outside of the applicant's hands, but which have been designed to your engineer's satisfaction with respect to stormwater. We, we take stormwater on this site very seriously. We've, again, over-designed it. You set an ordinance, and I think one of the supervisors was very clear that these ordinances, sometimes they're almost immediately outdated. They're set stormwater regulations, the next year, these 100-year storms come every six months. We understand that. We think it's appropriate to over-design, and we've done that. There are certain things we can't control. Again, the, the street trees, that's, again, well outside of our, our control, and we've done everything we can to meet it. So while I appreciate that the board and the township may not like the redesign of this site, um, you are, I know, aware that we've reduced the amount of square footage here. We've been responsive when you asked for a use uh, restriction on the project. We wholeheartedly agreed to it that that site would never be used for drive-through um, restaurant use. We worked with your solicitor to meet that restriction. It was part of your resolution. We feel like we have done everything that the board has asked of us. So we're disappointed that the board is going to vote unanimously to uh, deny this project given we felt that we were working in good faith with the board and with staff. So thank you for your time this evening. Councillor, before the board votes, um, I'll give the option of granting an extension and continuing to work with the township, or if you want, we'll take a vote tonight. I'll make it your choice. Um, may I speak with my client? Sure.
<laughs> For those of you watching, the applicant has left the room to discuss the issue.
Yes, not to hold everybody up for any, any longer than we have to. Uh, we're going to start to do the additional business from members of the board. Uh, so I'm going to start off with one thing. Montgomery County is operating a public vaccine site for both COVID-19 vaccine shots and flu shots at the old Thomasville Furniture Store in the King of Prussia Pavilion on Court Boulevard. So that's on the third floor uh, above the Cheesecake Factory. And again, it's for COVID-19 vaccine shots as well as flu shots. The hours of operation and registration can be found at montcopa.org and you must be registered before showing up at the vaccine site. And Mr. Wax. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Actually, I will mention that I did receive my flu vaccine uh, this past week. It was like five minutes in, five minutes out. There was no wait whatsoever. Uh, and I actually showed up early for my appointment. They were able to take me right away. So it was a really tremendously efficient uh, system. Uh, there have been a bunch of events that have received some attention tonight, some positive attention. Uh, Township Fair came up, National Night Out came up. I do want to also mention one event that is ongoing. That is the Fall Fun Fest, which is taking place at Norview Farm on Saturdays uh, for the rest of October and Sundays for the rest of October, except for Sunday, October 31 on Saturdays. The event runs from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. On Sundays, I believe it's from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. I stopped by uh, two weekends ago. It was really tremendously entertaining. Uh, there's stuff for the kids. There's a lot of stuff for the kids and stuff for adults too. So uh, go check it out. That's all I have, Mr. Chair. Okay, thank you. Ms. Phillips, anything? I have nothing. Ms. Well, I'd just like to mention the, um, the brand new plaque that was erected on Henderson Road uh, in honor of Anna Morris Holstein, who was not a native of Upper Marion. She was born in Muncie, Pennsylvania, and she uh, moved here when she was married. She was a nurse in the Civil War. She worked as a nurse at Gettysburg and in Washington, D.C. She was also uh, the woman who spearheaded the purchase of the George Washington um, headquarters in Valley Forge Park, which was not yet a national park. And um, she's just a very locally famous woman, and rightly so. There was a uh, ceremony erecting the brand new plaque that's on Henderson just in between Taco Bell and what's the other business just north of that? Um, it's actually you know the directly across the street from the entrance to Gennardi's. Uh, okay. Or I saw to John, Just a little bit down Man, from there. And I'm dating myself. <laughs> and uh, you can drive by there, safely pull over to where the house is. It's an old white house, which is currently an, used as an apartment building. Uh, that's where the plaque is. Uh, afterwards, there was a celebration at the King of Prussia Diner, and many local uh, people came. Uh, there was a representative from Madeline Dean's office. Uh, representative Tim Briggs was there, and people representing the DAR and Pennsylvania Historical Societies. So I want to shout out to our Upper Marion Historical Commission and the King of Prussia Historical Society for all their work in getting that plaque. <coughs> it's only the second plaque for a woman in Montgomery County. So it was a very significant event, and this was last week. So drive by on Henderson to check it out. Thank you. Okay. Um, 
We're back. We're back. Okay. Thank you for that uh, consideration. Sure. So we, we will take the board's vote this evening. We appreciate it. Uh, you will take the board's we'll vote? We'll take the vote, yes. And, okay. Thank you. Okay, very good. I'm so, going to ask the board to uh, vote on each waiver individually. And I've drafted an approval resolution and a denial resolution for your consideration tonight. And then pass whatever resolution you prefer. But I would ask that you um, vote on each waiver individually. Okay, so having already had both um, board member and public comment on this, I'm going to move right to the vote on these three waivers. The first waiver is to allow for the stormwater retention in the areas. Can someone give me the phraseology for that? I, I can help you with, uh, with that, Mr. Chair. The first waiver is a request from Section 140B-13. Dot B, prens two, unprens, prens B, unprens, prens brackets one, unbracket, to allow partial stormwater storage in a stone void surrounding the pipe detention basins. Okay, hearing that. I'll make a motion to deny that waiver. Is there a second to that? I'll second. Okay, so there's a motion and a second to deny that waiver. Any other questions or comments? All in favor say aye. 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 Okay. The next waiver is from section 145-24.1.E, prints two, unprints, prints D, unprints, to only plant three of the required eight street trees along the Cal Pike due to existing and proposed underground utilities. Prints, a waiver is being sought for the five trees that are unable to be planted unprints. I'll make a motion to approve that waiver. I will second the motion to approve that waiver. Okay, we have a motion and a second to approve waiver number two regarding street trees. Any other questions? All in favor say aye. 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 That one's approved. Oh, you vote to deny that as well. Okay, four to one. The next waiver is from section 140B-13.B, prints two, unprints, prints B, unprints, bracket three, unbracket, bracket D, unbracket, to allow underground storage volume above the frost line to be included in the calculations for stormwater storage volume to satisfy stormwater runoff criteria. I'll make a motion to deny that waiver. I'll second that. Okay, so a motion and a second to deny that waiver on the related to the frost line. Any other comments? All in favor of denying that one say aye. 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 Opposed? And that's denied, 5-0. And there is a resolution then um, that both incorporates a denial of the waivers and a denial of the plan. Okay. That'd be 21. 2021-22. 2021-22. Okay. So what's the board's pleasure on resolution 2021-22, which would deny two of the waivers as well as the plan? Or deny three of the waivers. Two. Or deny three waivers and deny the plan. Yes. Deny three waivers and deny the plan. Okay. I'll make a motion to adopt resolution 21-2022. Is that what I heard? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Motion to adopt 21-22. I'll second. And a second. Any final comments on that? Anything from the public on that one? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? And that passes five to zero. And we have a copy for you to sign tonight. Uh, Councilor, if you want to wait around, we can make a copy after they sign it. So you leave one with tonight. Okay. Okay. Um, so before we go back into additional business, let's do accounts payroll and payables. Uh, motion. Motion to pay the bills. Motion by Mr. Wax to pay Second. the bills and payroll. Seconded by Mrs. Kenny. Any questions? Any questions from the public on the payroll and accounts payables? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes five to zero. Okay, additional business. Did, were you done, Mrs. Kenny? Okay, Ms. Grozella. I have, I have two items to report and to comment on. Um, first one is on November 6th, ECDC, our um, advisory board, will be hosting in conjunction and collaboration <coughs> with the Farmers Market a job fair and small business Saturday. So uh, there will be two setups for this. The um, small business Saturday portion will be housed with the um, farmer's market proper, so down on the grounds behind the township where the, the uh, farmer's market typically sits up. The second portion of this, uh, ECDC came up with an initiative to hold a job fair for our local small businesses. So we are accepting 12 vendors or businesses to um, set up booths inside the township building. Um, we'll supply tables and chairs for them. There's a $15 fee to participate with this. Uh, we will do the advertising, et cetera, uh, social media, e-newsletter. And um, so we're accepting 12 businesses that are small businesses within Upper Marion. Um, we probably would take it broader that we would accept Bridgeport as far as like our school district, that we're a neighboring community, so that would be fine as well. But it'll be first come, first serve, so if you think your business is interested in participating in the job fair, um, you can contact me and I can get the uh, information forwarded to the coordinator for this, uh, this initiative. And my township email address is tgarzillo, T-G-A-R-Z-I-L-L-O, at umtownship.org. Um, so I think this will be a great opportunity for our public to see uh, what you do as far as your business. You can do advertising, you can do recruiting of uh, potential employees, things like that. And the second thing I want to mention is uh, we are in the process of uh, putting together, well, we have put together a survey for the development of phase two of Hoiser Park. Um, we were in a unique opportunity with uh, what Thomas turned lemons into lemonade with the emerald ash borer situation that happened at our park that it cleared a lot of the land and um, it got us primed to start thinking about moving ahead with uh, phase two. So there is a survey that has been developed through uh, SurveyMonkey that will go out in the e-newsletter this coming Friday. So when you go to the e-newsletter and you find um, that portion uh, for helping to design phase two of Hoiser Park, there'll be a link there. It'll say learn more in blue. You click on that and then it's a quick survey, probably take you not even five minutes, um, just to get individual input about how you envision uh, Hoiser Park becoming. 
Um, so in addition to what we already have over there, great facilities and playground and walking trails, et cetera. For the, um, for the other uh, portion of Hoiser Park, we're wanting uh, input from the community and see what you really desire um, to be put in over there. And we welcome your input. There are some areas on the survey that you can actually type in your um, comments. We will have paper copies available also, um, and we'll try to get that out to areas that maybe like the senior center where they may not um, be as savvy on the computer or not feel comfortable doing a survey like that, that we'll get, make sure we get copies to all demographics. We wanna hear from the, the general population and all different levels, young and old, um, different, different abilities. So please take your time, take the time to fill out the survey for us and give us the input that we're looking for to um, design Hoiser Park phase two. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay, have everybody. Okay, um, I have one final thing. I understand that today's a special day for someone. Mr. Hamaday, <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, we would sing, but our voices aren't up to it tonight. Okay, um, any public comment this evening? And please uh, approach the podium and give us your name and your address and state your uh, comments. Well, I just have a question about, I think it's relative to um, the other side of Henderson Avenue, Henderson Road, on the Sweetland side, and that's regarding Church Road. Um, What's your name? You Howard, know. Howard Richardson. Okay, Mr. Um, Richardson, I'm sorry, it, it was hard to hear you right at first. It, it's concerning South Henderson Road? Yeah, they've been doing the work on the bridge there on, Hen on Church Road. Oh, the bridge, okay. Yeah. Mr. There's Hammond, been, there's been no work on that for seven weeks. Yes. Uh -huh. I, I can. He, he has the uh, yeah. most current information yeah. on that bridge. Uh, and I know that they have not been working there. There's some utility coordination. Um, but I can tell you that even though they're not working on it, the project is still on schedule to really? demolish the bridge in March of next year. Yes. Keep in mind, it's a 24-month project. Uh, we're about 10 months into it. Um, but believe it or not, everything will be completed and ready to demo the bridge in March of next year. So yeah, yes, I know that they're not working on it. A lot of coordination with SEPTA and utilities and, and um, uh, uh, PICO, uh, but it is still scheduled right now for demolition in March of next year. <laughs> so, so the last seven weeks were a, a plan thing, were they not? You said about utility coordination? Yeah, there was yeah. utility coordination, there's removal, there were some plan, uh, so changes, et cetera, so. So, so part of the utility coordination, SEPTAT, believe it or not, has been extremely responsive to the utilities. Um, yep. There's Aqua, there's Pico uh, lines that need to go over uh -huh. that bridge, that currently go over the bridge. There have been some issues with the coordination between those particular two yep. utilities and SEPTA. Um, frankly, if you're really interested in the progress of this, you're more than welcome to come to the general authority slash transportation authorities meetings, uh, which are every month. Are you uh, referring to a meeting? Yeah, the, you can come to the, the meeting. We have them every month. Uh, and there's always an update on that because that is one of the major projects that we're working on right now. So you can get that, get your answer. I, I bring it up because uh, I have a company that's located in, in Conchalk and I live in King of Prussia, right down over Flint Hill Road. And uh, we guys go north, south, east, west, and there's so much road projects out there. If you've driven around, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, why is nobody 
working on this project for like seven weeks. Because it's a major connecting part from like Bridgeport and Sweden over to 202, you know, the whole, you know, if you know what I'm talking about. So that was my main concern, what exactly is going on. But there is a meeting they'll be giving, and it could be seen. So the uh, transportation authority is uh, the second, second Wednesdays, Wednesday, second Tuesday, oh, Tuesday. Oh, I'm sorry, second Wednesday of each month. Yeah, yeah. and um, you can you can always look on our website. Uh, we have the calendar up. Yes, uh, you can see the entire schedule for the month. So and and how would I find out more about Federal Express? In terms of what? I'm just curious how well it's doing for the township. I was, I'm the committee man over there, and I was involved with all the meetings when Federal Express was trying to get all put through. And there was a lot of mandates, and so far they seem to be living up to it. I'm just curious how it's working out for the township, because they seem to be doing everything they're supposed to do. For Federal Express and, and the tra traffic movement and the vehicle movement? Or? I think it's fine, but I'm curious. There are, we do know there are occasional uh, situations where a truck doesn't come in the way the truck's supposed to come in, or the truck doesn't. The truck comes out, and instead of using the right out, they drive over the pork chop and head left. They're occasional. I don't believe that they are problematic. It's minimal. It's minimal. I'm just curious what, how you folks have been if, doing I, I can tell you what happens. I occasionally get emails from people saying, you know, there's a FedEx truck on this road, which it's not supposed to be on this road because of the agreements that we made with FedEx way back when. I, I certainly understand how, how there's an occasional, you know, mix-up, how somebody who might not be familiar with the area might make that mistake. If it's more frequent than that, if it's occasional, let me know. If it's more frequent than that, certainly let us know, and then we have contacts with FedEx, and we will reach out to FedEx. Okay. Our, our police department has a, a routine communication with them. Uh, so if I, wanted to know, if I wanted to get some kind of an update, I would just contact them, folks. To, to our knowledge, we haven't seen challenges over the past few months. And we feel your pain with the traffic. It's too bad PennDOT didn't get their act together and do all of that work on the southern end of the township in stages instead of doing it all at one time. That, that's contributed to the problem. Thank yeah. you. And in stages. And it's State important problem. to note that we did ask them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Richardson, I just, I just looked up the next meeting of the Transportation Authority. It's no November 10th. November 10th at 7 p.m. in the boardroom <coughs> here in the township building, in the building, the boardroom back there. Yeah. There's also a virtual component. So Thank if you, you check the calendar. Oh, check, yeah. It's also virtual. It's also so virtual. Yeah. If you want to zoom in. Oh, I can? Yes. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good evening. I'm G. Philip Brady. I live at 217 Walnut Street. I was here in May. Tonight I brought my wife and my sister with me. My sister's lived here a lot longer than I have, but we won't go there. Um, Mr. Hamaday, could you explain why I'm here? I think you're pretty well versed on the issues we faced. I haven't heard from you in a while. I, I'd like to know where we're at. Sure. Uh, if, if Mr. Janoway, may I? Uh, yes, Mr. Uh, I will Hamaday. be responding to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank I you. will be responding to you based on my decision um, with regard to a couple different issues. And, it, you know, uh, so, but I will send you an email outlining those, but they are in two pieces. One with regard to the question or the uh, concerning the permitting that may or may not have been uh, obtained by one of the neighbors. Uh, the township is aware that there's one permit that has been obtained. Uh, the other permits, the township is not going to pursue that because they're already, the work is already completed. And I think it, it, it becomes a liability issue because we cannot inspect them. Uh, I've been referring to the HVAC and some interior renovations. So we will not be pursuing that. 
uh, with regard to the parking area. I will shoot you an email or send you an email in detail, but I believe in my opinion that the parking area in the rear of that property complies with the township zoning requirements. Okay, could you yeah. elaborate on that for me? I, I will, in my email I will, I, but, but yeah. I've been waiting for you to email me yeah. for a month. Yes. And I've um, been, I brought this to the township attention yes. in September yeah. of 2018. Yeah. I had a meeting in here with the zoning. Yeah. I'm losing patience. Sure. I, I, and I, I think I, I, when I've met with you and your wife and Mrs. Perry, uh, I kind of explained to you the issues that we were facing. Right. Uh, and in short and sweet, in my opinion, uh, and you know, you, I think the board knows here too that it's gone through uh, some court uh, uh, decisions here. Uh, if it is in fact an alley, there's nothing in our code that would prevent parking in an alley. Um, the neighbors have cordoned off their rear yard uh, they are parking in the alley, and it is stoned in. Uh, there's nothing in our code that would prevent them from doing that, the least that I could see. So you're saying it's an alley? I'm court, saying that the court I'm, never said it was an alley. Uh, I'm saying that the court referenced a plan that shows it an alley, and I am not going to make any assumptions other than what the court has said. It is shown on a duly recorded subdivision plan right. as King's Alley. Right. Yes. So what you're saying in Upper Marion Township, you can park on stone in an alley, but you can't park on a yard in an alley. That's, I'm saying that, yes, if it's because an alley, there's not nothing what, that would prevent that alley from being parked in. And you realize that the, saying that's an alley involves 25 more residents. It does. It does. So everybody that lives on Crooked Lane and everybody that lives on Church or lives on, on my street on Walnut now could be trespassed because of what you're saying. I cannot say, I'm only saying to you that the court information that I have seen referenced the plan and shows it in an alley and the court has ruled that that area cannot be obstructed. Right, and that's it is, what I'm saying. right, that, I'm not asking you that. Mm -hmm. That's not my question. And if it is an alley, that I didn't make that decision, it is on an approved subdivision plan. Shown right, as from, an alley. from 1922. It is, a, it's, it's a, an approved subdivision plan. Okay, well then let's talk about why if you can park, so you're saying it's okay to park on stone in Upper Marion Township. I'm saying that it's okay to park in an alley, yes. On stone? No, I'm saying that it doesn't violate the zoning code because they are, to me, they are not parking on a, a stone area in a rear yard. Okay, so you're saying it's an alley versus a yard, that's why they can park there. I'm saying it's, that there's a plan that shows it's an alley. That's not what I'm asking. I mean, I'm asking me because the township, the township property code. I think the easiest thing to say here is, is that I believe that the parking in that stoned area behind the property in an, out, in an area designated on a plan as an alley does not violate the township zoning code or the provision that prohibits parking, you know, in a rear yard unless it's totally fenced in. And that's the issue. It's not totally fenced in. It only has fencing on two sides. The court has ruled that it can't have fencing on the other side because it can't be blocked. Based on all those circumstances, I'm saying to you that it's my opinion that it doesn't violate our zoning code for parking in a rear yard that doesn't have a six-foot fence or a fence totally surrounding the parking area. And that's the issue. Not really, but okay. I have, the issue to me is that that is not all the facts. I'm not asking the township to get involved in a legal issue. I'm asking you to enforce a property code that you all voted on in December 2015 that was championed by Supervisor Spot. I've lived here a long time, okay? I've never asked for much, except Greg helped me with some 
some issues on the front of our yard, and that was it. To sit here and tell me that you can park on a street, I mean, it says it right here, what the supervisors wanted. Absolutely. And I don't understand, and I'd like to hear from them why that is okay, because you're abandoning me in my time of need. 50 years of paying taxes, I can't get an email returned, we can't get somebody to come out and look at it. My fence is damaged. Well, well I take exception to that. I've been at your property on several occasions. And right. I met with you and Twice. met with your I, wife. I, listen, met listen my wife can show you the documentation we yeah. have. I'm not messing around here. I put on a tie and came out here on a Thursday night. I'd much rather be home watching Eagles like the rest of you. I don't want to come to meetings. This is why I elect people. Honestly, the township's done nothing but work against my family in this matter. And these people have moved, they don't live here anymore, they don't pay taxes, and you're gonna tell me that they can just come in and violate our codes? The only permit they applied for, and, and I wish you, and you can verify this, they did $35,000 worth of renovation. The only permit they applied for was to park on stone, which violated a township ordinance. And that permit says it's the rear of their yard, it does not say an alley. So you tell me, what, what am I supposed to think? And I'd like you to come out and meet with me again and look me in the eye and tell me why I'm I should have to accept this. I'm looking into the eye right now. Well, again, my, my decision is based, is based on weighing all the factors here. You have rights. The neighbor has property rights. Um, the neighbor doesn't live am, here anymore. I say this way. If I am wrong, then I am wrong. But in, in, in my opinion, based on all the factors here, that they can park there if it's designated an alley. They could come tomorrow and pave it, just like you paved your driveway in the alley, just like Mrs. Perry could pave the rest of her property. Then there will be parking on stone. The issue here, and I think if you have to narrow it, is parking on stone in a rear yard. Right, and that's what's going on, and you're telling me it's okay. And what, what I see is the neighbor on Walnut Street put a fence up to designate the alley area. So is it the rear yard, or are they looking at it as an alley? I'm, I'm just looking at it at its face value. I understand your concern. Like I said, you know, I've lived there from 1975 until I got married. Right. So I know the area very well. Right. So and to me, I'm not abandoning you. I am looking at both sides of the story. First of all, the court order never, the Superior Court and the Montgomery County Court never referred to as an alley. The answer was they have to have access. They have access. Yeah. I think you're overstretching your bounds here. I, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at an approved subdivision plan that the so court you're going, documents call out. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm not arguing that. And I have I mean, no but power my, to change I, I that. Mean, that's, but I don't see that that's the township's role here. I think the township needs to enforce their ordinances, so, which so is Mr. here. Brady, can I ask you a question? Absolutely, please do. Um, I'm trying to get my arms around. And, and listen, it's a lot no, no, easier. No, look, yeah, I'm, I'm not Please. being critical. Right. You know, look, I, I, I want to try to understand because unfortunately I'm just a dumb country lawyer right. with, with an architect's brain, right? right so right. unless you put That's it, more than I am. Uh, unless you put it in, in a drawing, right. I'm having a hard time visualizing. Good, but, excellent. But am I, am, am I correct in understanding what you're saying, which is you, you guys have gone to court over this? We did. Oh, we went obviously. to court twice. Right. It, and, and and so, the court did the court reference a subdivision plan? It did. Okay. Just a, it, go ahead. Just yep. I'm going to walk you through this because I, I need to understand it my Please way because I'm yep. goofy that way. Um, so, on that plan that the court referenced, is there actually a dotted line called an alley? 
There is. Okay. But there's, but, All right. I, I, to, to give you a point of reference, there's also a dotted line with roads on the Pennsylvania Turnpike on that plan, just to show you how far off. No, 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 I get that. But yeah. just so from my standpoint, again, I'm just a dumb country lawyer. Right. If, if you have a subdivision plan and you right. have a dotted line and you actually call something an alley. Right. That's a paper street. Right, it is. And I'm it's not a arguing okay. that. So, yeah, right, I accept so, that. But I guess what I'm trying to understand is, are, are you suggesting that that paper street is also the guy's rear yard? It is. It's completely in his deed. Well, okay, but so completely in my deed um, is part of Pleasant Valley Road. Right. Completely right. in my deed. I can believe that. But that's a road. Right. And it's paved. Right. And it's got a curb. Right. I don't own it. Right. I'm not fixing it. Right. Right, okay. So... <laughs> And if you want to come and make this an alley and start fixing it for me, by all means, come over and help me clear the no, snow. So, but, that, but that's what yeah. I want to understand. Yeah. So, so your position is that although on paper this is an alley and is a cartway, right? You still consider it the individual's backyard, and they can't park in it. Is that? I I I consider that the township does not allow parking on snow. Whether it's on an okay, alley. Okay, I, I, well. Uh, and I asked Mr. Hamaday in an email, where are there other alleys that people park on stone in the township? Because I wanted to go see them. I, I, that's all I'm asking. I just want to be okay, treated so, fairly. So, all right, but did I miss the point? So your, your issue is just you can't park on stone. Correct. That's okay. what you all passed right. in, and you voted on in yeah, December I, 2015. And, and I, now that you've pointed it out, I've made a major mistake because I park on stone every day. Right. But it's not in my backyard. Right. But you voted I, on it. I and, I, and I bet there's lots of people that do that. Yeah. This isn't a macro issue for me. It's a micro issue. I mean, I'm not going to go out and start taking pictures of all the violations and that kind of stuff. Because no, I, I, I just want, I mean, it's hard for me to understand. And, and as you said, everything you said doesn't do a thing for me. My fence is damaged, right? The zoning people told me they'd be moving soil. They, that didn't get done. I have, I have everything in writing. I have this documented, and nothing's getting done. And, and I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I, listen, I got this, and I got this crazy letter in my door. Nobody signed it, right? And I don't usually read things like that, but I did read it. Now I'm starting to believe it. I voted in every municipal election for the last, since 1987, and I voted for all of you. And now I'm not sure why, because the township's abandoning my family in our time of need. I mean, that's a technicality. They're, they're parking on stone. That you gave them a permit which goes against a township ordinance. We did, and I will admit that that the uh, the only permit they applied for. Yep. Don't we need these permit fees? Well, I do believe they have a permit for the patio. That was confirmed. Well, but then why do they have a permit for the patio when the zoning director told me they were going to move the dirt before he gave it to them, and they never moved the dirt? I mean, I, listen, somebody. I mean, I'm just trying to be reasonable here for somebody to at least explain to me why this is okay. I don't think we should debate whether it's an alley or not. That was the Superior Court looked at that. I'm not debating that. I'm asking you to enforce your rules as a longtime resident. And that's, no that's what it says. No parking, no parking on and stone. And I have it right here, I'll give it to you. And then let me just clarify that. But, no but, parking on stone unless the parking area in your rear yard is completely surrounded with a fence. And in this case, the property owner cannot do that because 
the, the court said that they cannot or no party to could block the alley. So that means that two sides of the parking area in the rear yard can't so be blocked with the fence. I would like to have a conversation yeah. about this with the solicitor and get his opinion. Yeah. Because I'm not sure I agree. I'm, okay. not, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I think that when we look back at the intent of 2015, um, it probably didn't include anything like this. And clearly this is a case where, because it's sort of outside the lines, uh, either that ordinance has to be modified or something else needs to be done, all of which would affect you. But, but my, my concern is the interpretation. Yeah. And I think we need to have the solicitor weigh in on that interpretation. That's, I was just going to ask Mr. McGorry if you had some thoughts on this, but I believe the best way might be to just have the, have it interpreted from the solicitor's office. I'm okay with that, okay and with I appreciate that. that. But Mr. McGorry, could I, could I just add a couple questions that I'd like answered? I'd like it treated like any other township street. I've done my homework on this. Deb can hold up our papers that we have back there, okay? I've seen what other townships do. I've, I've talked to my attorney about it. He's checked on the municipal code in Montgomery County in the state of Pennsylvania on what, if it's an alley, then it should be a dedicated alley. It should be a dedicated street, just like anything else, right? No? No? no. no? Why not? Because sometimes when a subdivision goes through, right. it includes a paper street. Right. It doesn't make it any less a legal street. Right. It doesn't have to be dedicated. And there are plenty of streets in Upper Marion Township that are not dedicated. No, I'm sure of that. No, no, but, by some but, of them. but, right. but, I, but I guess but, my point is, what, what, and you know, lawyers are all about semantics. Sure. Right. right. So, so the issue is when you say that all alleys need to be dedicated, that's just not true. Well, just like every street doesn't need to be dedicated. And that may be true. Because every homeowners association, unless they are really have an intent to dedicate those streets, will not dedicate those right. streets because that's what you pay your right. homeowners association. But in this case, for. I'm asking you to interpret it that way as a longtime resident. That's what I'm asking. Well, well, I, I, and I, I, right or wrong. So are you also asking us to pave that? If you pave it, then you're going to come and plow it. Takes me a half. It takes me 45 minutes to an hour every. So maybe that's an option. I don't know. But the problem with that well, is, I mean, as I explained to explained to you know, it's a lot of work. So send well, the plows. Well, look, I, I get but, that. But you know, in order to dedicate a street, it has to meet our definition of street, alley, roadway, whatever it is. Right. Right. Which is in our subdivision and land development code. Right. If this is a 1924 plan, I guarantee you it won't even meet right. any of that. I know. I know. So I agree. So I, it's going to remain. Listen, I'm just asking you. Pay. I'm asking for your help. And that's all I've ever asked. And you can review my emails. I've been respectful in my correspondence. I've been patient with the township. And I think you can agree with that. Uh, absolutely. I've been very respectful. I'm just asking, listen, I've always felt like in Upper Marion, we take care of our own. And that's why I'm gonna cut it short because I wanna go watch Eagles just like you guys. But I mean, listen, help. I'm asking for help. I mean, listen, I wanna throw this letter out and never read it again, because it's nonsense. So, and I'm sure you all have seen it, but the reality of it is, no, we well, have, but yeah, that I'll leave, I'll leave it here. Yeah, but, Mr. Genoway knows what it says. But the point is, I, listen, I'm not trying to fight with you. I want to leave now, but this isn't right. It's not right that longtime residents in the township has turned your back on us. I mean, I'm asking you to, at least if you interpret things, interpret them to benefit the residents, not people that have moved. And vote, right? So 
let us have a discussion with the solicitor. Right. See what we can do right. uh, to, to clarify this. But I think Mr. Phillips is on to something I like here. that solution. There's a Bernadette in your office, is that correct? Okay, Bernadette has dealt with my attorney, Herb Rubenstein, uh, fellow solicitor. Any question you have legally, please have Bernadette reach out to Herb on my behalf, it, if you wouldn't mind. There'll probably be something that I'll undertake at this point. Fine. But I get along very well with your attorney. Good. You're welcome to give me a call. I, I will have, I will do that. I, pre, I appreciate that. And you know what, while I'm here, and I'm going to get out of here, last I checked, it was 14-7 Tampa, sadly. Thank you for your service, Mr. McGrory, and congratulations on your retirement. I really appreciate you didn't tell me the score since I'm recording it. Okay, good. Sorry. My bad. Right. Listen, I don't want to have to come back here. This so, is going to affect we, my interpretation. We don't want you to. Yeah. We don't want you to come back. We, right. we want to get it resolved for you. Right. Yeah. I, um, I don't like coming to meetings. We're not turning our back on. Yeah. We thought we had a solution. We thought we had a process, but it, it's you, complicated. You clearly opened up another window that we didn't know existed here. Good. Thank you, Mr. Like. Phillips. So, Mr. Phillips, it's great to pick that one up. <laughs> All right. I'm. I'm. The, thank you so much. Good thank night. you. Good evening, my name is James Schofield. I live at 1071 Radnor Road, and I'm pretty sure you guys know why I'm here. <coughs> to give, bear with me for a few minutes to get through this, I'm not much of a public speaker, but I need to get all my points out. <clears throat> I'm here to remind the board of the promises you made to me the last time I was here, and, and the, the promises you made to the re rest of the residents of this borough that live near or around Crow Creek and its tributaries. And as I predicted last time I was here, nothing happened even though you endlessly promised me that this would not be the same administration as the previous, or this administration would not treat it as the other administrations have taught it, repeatedly told me you guys would keep your promises. That was almost a year ago, I believe. <clears throat> the last time I, I stood in front of you, I, you guys made a lot of the promises. The last three administrations also made those exact same promises, and again, nothing has happened. Of course, you guys did send several people out to the property for my neighbors and myself to speak to. And we laughed with them and we both said to them that this is just another Band-Aid for a, a, a severed finger. Uh, you guys stepped up with the attempt to satisfy our needs with, with the visit, but again, no action was taken as, as was predicted by not just me, but by the grants who were here as well last time I was here. Uh, all the promises were just mere smoke. There's, there wasn't even a minimal of an, of an attempt to help. There was no sandbags, no work on the swale, no work on the berm that has been crushed by the plows, allowing water to flood from the road onto our properties into our garages and basements. Not even the smallest attempt to help alleviate the damage being done uh, by the stormwater runoff and the constant mismanagement of it. What happened with all the promises? You guys made an awful lot of promises. Not one of them has been satisfied. Is this the barometer that we're going to expect with, uh, like all political promises, that, that, that you guys are currently making to become reelected in, th what, three weeks? Now, how can you expect your constituents to trust anything that you say when the last time we spoke, you told me that they're not going to let our pleas uh, go unaddressed, or pleas for help go unaddressed, uh, you made a distinct point of telling all of us um, that you would help us with this issue, and of course you didn't. Please just either help us or tell us to go pound sand. 
Either way, keep your word. We would respect you a heck of a lot more if you people would just do what you said you're going to do. And more people would be happy about voting for you if you kept your promises. Sandbags. Sandbags. Fairly simple solution for a very bad problem, or at least a temporary solution, but nobody has even talked to us about that. My, my garage gets two feet of water every time it rains, and yeah, I know, we have had all these great storms, these 100-year uh, storms we've had, but you've been using that excuse now for almost 10 years. If, if the 100-year storms are now the norm, then you guys need to recalibrate how you fix things so that doesn't affect the property owners that pay taxes and vote you people into office. I can, I can go on with this, but I, I think you know what my point is. Um, what are we going to do about the stormwater runoff from Crow Creek and the tributaries? The, the property that is being destroyed has been consistently being destroyed since 1995 when that uh, condo complex was built and the illegal swale that was put in that never ever worked and still hasn't been fixed even though you guys have been promising to do just that for the last 12 to 15 years. And I know you're going to say this is, that's the other administration, that wasn't us, that, well it is you because you guys inherit whatever the people before you left you. Okay, so I'm here to ask you again, either don't make the promises or fix it. The people, they, they're, they're, they've killed the stream. They're washing my property. Uh, Martin's Dam has filled up three times. They keep pulling these, dredging it out and pulling. My lawn is in Martin's Dam. The, the Grant's lawn, uh, the people, the three houses down below me, it all gets washed down. You've seen the damage that gets done. Uh, Radner, that little road that's down from me, uh, gets washed out with six inches of gravel. You guys got to come dig it up every time it rains. Every single time we get a storm. We have all those things that clogged over by Robinson School, Robert's School. Uh, you guys have that a constant problem. Well, fix it. You know, and I, and I know you guys, you know, Mr. Wax told us he had a $6 million uh, deficit or, or extra money. Was that $6 million, Greg, last time I, I, I was here? You made it a point to say we had all this extra money. We did have... Rainy day fund. We did, but, but COVID, you know, COVID came and we have less money because we needed that money to stabilize our budget. I mean, COVID destroyed the local economy as it, as, as it had a severe effect on the Commonwealth economy, the county economy, and the national economy. We had the rainy day fund okay. while it rained. So. COVID's been here for a year and a half. Okay, this problem's been going on since 1995. So that excuse doesn't fly with me or half the other residents on that street. Okay. So, so Mr. Schofield, let me, let me step back a couple of things. We have done some things. They may not be visible, but we have done some things. Uh, and first step is I'm going to ask Mr. Hamaday to check with Mr. Hickman to find out if there's anything that's a temporary mitigation action that can be taken immediately to do any, any good there. And I'll ask him to do that within 30 days, have a determination within 30 days, and get it back to us. Second thing is, we did, unfortunately, local government has to do things in a certain fashion. So what we had to do was first take a look at it, see what potential problems there were. We've learned that uh, in the past two years. And before we can spend any money on things, we have to have studies done and we have to have engineering designs done. So that study was completed. One of the first areas that we've actually taken a hard look at is Crow Creek. We found two problems that we now have to overcome 
to be able to undertake any kind of mitigation activities that will be beneficial. One of those is part of the problems caused by PennDOT and part of the problems caused by Tredyffrin Township. We can't do anything about Tredyffrin Township. And unfortunately, we keep seeing more and more water coming from Tredyffrin Township. So that being said, we have met with all of your neighbors further down the road. Um, and I think it's Springbrook, correct, is the yes. last one we met with. Um, and have some design ideas as to what might be useful um, to help mitigate this. But those are what I'll call long-term permanent fixes and not immediate mitigation activities that, that might be able to put into place. And yours is going to have to take two different approaches to, to solve it, with the, with the asterisk that I don't know what we can do. We, we've already talked to legislators, state legislators, about how to get PennDOT engaged. Uh, that's going to be going up a mountain. We've already tried to reach out to Tredyffrin to have a meeting with them to talk about it because we get water from Tredyffrin not just on your street but on other streets in Upper Marion Township and it creates problems for all the creeks in Upper Marion. So what I, I, I know that you're sitting there and every time it rains you see the rain come down, you see the flooding and you say those guys didn't do anything again. I could tell you we have worked on, I'm going to let Mrs. Kenny comment on it because she's on the She's the liaison to the stormwater uh, authority. But we are taking steps. They may not be as fast or as comprehensive as you want them to be. Um, but we did not forget you. But I will find out as to why we didn't do any immediate mitigation efforts to try and do anything up there. Yeah, we have an attorney that represents us, correct? Uh, meaning the borough? Mr. McRoy. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody gone up to Woods at Wayne and said, your retention pond has got a 29-inch outlet uh, pipe with nothing to stop that water or slow it down. But the retention pond is not a retention pond. Okay, it's landscaped. And, and I'm not going to go through the speech. You guys have all heard my speech what, five, six times, some of you. And it's the exact same one. Has anybody got in there, and you guys promise all the time, we're going to put these cages of rocks, and I can't remember the name, and I couldn't remember the last three times either. We're going to put it in front of the slow down that water. They never do. Has anybody gone and said to, to, to Woods at Wayne, you have a swale that is ruining properties downstream because it doesn't work. It's, it's been there since 95. How many years is that? Well, it's outdated. It needs to be fixed. Why isn't our attorney beating on their attorney's door saying, do something about this, or we're going to hold you responsible for the damage downstream? Because it's not just my property. It's not just Mr. Grant's property. This affects every property all the way down to King of Prussia Mall. We know that. And so if we put a little bit of money into it now, and I said this 12 years ago, it's going to stop us from putting millions of dollars into it later. So we had this $6 million slush fund. Well, I have a problem with that because either you're taxing us too much and you need to stop it or, or give let, let me answer it. Sure. It's not a slush fund. 
Every community, every municipality has a reserve fund. His it's, words, not mine. It's a reserve fund. Every municipality has one. I've it's, used the word slush fund. No, you were rainy day fund is the word you well, used. Well, yeah, rainy day fund and slush fund are very different. Slush fund has a very negative connotation to it. And I think so it was, does rainy day fund when it comes down to taxpayer money. No, rainy day funds are built in order to help us. You know what, if you didn't want us to have a rainy day fund uh, to help us during COVID-19. No, I just want you to fix my problem with the water my property washing down. And, I've been, and I'm sorry I'm getting a little upset right now, but I've had this conversation with this group of people several times. And and many other conversations prior to this. Okay, so has the grants, so have, I could name all my neighbors who've come in here and spoke to you all about it. Well, you know, we're, we're getting a little, you, you say we're getting anxious, you're not moving fast enough. We've been complaining since 1997. What do you consider fast enough? What would be can, your consideration for us? Mr. Schofield, all I can tell you is that in the past three years, Carol, we've undertaken the study. We have completed the study. We have undertaken a methodology on responsibilities for who's going to do what, and we're now trying to find a way to fund all of that. Now, all that being said, I do have to comment on your comments on rainy day and slush fund. It's a reserve fund, and in a municipal government, reserve funds are used for three specific purposes. Number one, they're used so that we do not have to go out and get a tax anticipation loan every year because <clears throat> we do not collect taxes on January 1 but we have expenses on January 1. So if you don't have some reserves that you can utilize then to pay payroll, to pay expenses, and so on, then you're gonna to have to go out and get a tax anticipation loan. That's the one way that a reserve fund is used. The second way that a reserve fund is used is uh, essentially if you have a revenue stream that does not adequately meet what your expectation was. We had three revenue streams because of COVID that adversely affected us because we couldn't, couldn't sustain them. So we had to use the reserve for that. Um, fundamentally, the reserve has partially been replenished, but now we have to have that available for January 1st because we're gonna go back and we don't wanna go get a tax anticipation loan because they're very costly. So uh, hopefully you understand that, that idea of a reserve fund, and it'll be built up by the end of next year, it'll be built back up. But at the same time, we're looking at what do we have to do to be able to afford to do all of these replacements. And who else can partner with us to do all of these repairs that are necessary for, um, for the stormwater management? You make a couple of great points, and I promise you that we will follow up for, on both of those uh, in very short order, and one's going to be why Public Works didn't do anything um, even in a min minimal mitigation mode. And secondly, I do remember the discussion about um, the woods at Wayne, and I don't know why nothing was done there, but we'll find out. And I'll offer those to have an answer back for you by next month, if not before. Would, when I had my chickens and I got uh, Mr. Zerdorsky, or whatever his name is, came out and put a cease and desist order and a big placard on my front lawn telling me to stop raising chickens on my lawn until I came and saw you people. Well, why can't you guys do that with the water damage? Why can't you say you guys have a broken swale, you guys have a retention pond that is not a retention pond. I don't care what you want to define it as, it may be written that way on the plans, but it doesn't retain anything except for a very well manicured lawn and very well trimmed bushes. Retention ponds don't have bushes in them, period. There, and and we've, we've talked about this way too much it's just, it's just nothing is getting done and you guys keep telling me to relax, you know, be patient. We've been patient. We've been patient since 1997. Uh, 
somebody just somebody go, do we have to sue them? That's what you, you're supposed to be doing, sue them. They have a swale that doesn't work that is destroying property in our borough. That is their responsibility, not ours, not yours. That is theirs, but it is your responsibility to hold them in check. It is your responsibility to go out and tell them, this is what is wrong, this is what has to be fixed. And if you don't fix it, you're gonna be paying for Mr. Schofield and Mr. Grants. We have trees that are falling down that have been there, that are, that are this big around, that have very extensive root systems, then the last six months, because all these 100 year storms, the roots are exposed. John Grant has already lost one garage. He's about to lose another one. We're gonna have to go back there and spend our money to cut down these trees to make sure his garage doesn't get crushed again. But I'm not gonna repeat myself, but I will leave you with something from Robert's service. A promise made is a debt unpaid. You guys have made me promises. You guys have made this borough, the residents promises about fixing this issue. I expect you to pay your debts. And we will work on I promise you that. I'll have you answers on those two items as soon as Mr. Hammaday can get back to me. You have my email address through the township. Send me an email. I have called and left messages and I, I get the runaround. I, I've not had one from you, Mr. Schofield, so send one direct to me, okay? Have a nice day. Thank you, you too. Anything else, Mr. McKee? No? Okay. Motion to adjourn. Move to adjourn. Second? Second. Motion to second to adjourn, all in favor? Aye. Aye.